Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. New Year's Day. Uh, Jana said it well. Um, she quoted uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, where, where God's promise is a hope and a future. One translation of that passage says, a hope and an expected end. Let me ask you a question. How, how many of you had some stuff happen in 2016 that you didn't expect? Yeah, almost every hand. But you know, you know we... What, if we believe Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, what we can believe is even though you didn't expect it, God knew what was coming. Yes. And none of the stuff that knocked you off of your throne knocked him off of his. And so today we're going to talk about some things that we're going to just, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes today about, about what's going to happen in January and uh, just, just ha- some, some things we're going to do this year. We're calling this message, Love God, Love Others. And let me tell you, um, it was probably 1996, I preached a sermon called this uh, to a bunch of teenagers. And you know what I learned through that process is that we really have made church and Christianity far too difficult. It really boils down to, to those two things. Loving God with all of our hearts and loving other people. And so we're going to spend some time talking about that today. If you've got your Bibles or your bulletins, the, the passive scriptures uh, in your bulletin, it's on the screen behind me. Uh, many people call this the great commandment. Some people had come to Jesus and said, you know, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And this is what he said. Now you have to understand that the people that are asking those questions were Jewish people. We understand that they had 630 some odd commandments in their law. And he said, what's, these, this group of people said to Jesus, what's the most important? What's the biggest of the big, and here's what he said. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Lord, would you teach us that? Teach us to love you more this year than we did last year. Teach us to give you all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And God, somehow teach us to love others in a greater way. God, this world, this country, this state, this county, this community is in dire need of you. So God, would you use us to love others. In Christ's name, everybody said. Um, what I want to do today is kind of show you how we're changing things up just a little bit with some of the words that we say. Um, and I, I kind of introduced this to you several months ago in a sermon we called Six Words. If you remember that, then I'm a better preacher than I, I think I am. And, and so... It, it really, we, we're going to concentrate on, on three words today. Um, if, you, if you see any of our literature, our, uh, there's this little tagline at the bottom of our logo. It says, reaching up, reaching out, reaching, reaching up, reaching out, reaching in. Okay, hallelujah. And, and while th- those philosophies don't change, we're going to simplify them a little bit with, with three words, just Three words. And these are the words you're going to start seeing on our logos in the very near future. Um, as we make an attempt to, in a greater way, love God and love others, we believe that that's going to manifest in at least these three areas. Number one, a longing to connect. 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 James tells us, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Can I tell you, 
I'm a student of church culture and I'm a student of, 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 of religion. And, um, you know, if, if, you don't, if you don't have a really good attitude, some of the statistics, if you're in church work, will be very concerning. Um, just statistics tell us we're losing a generation. Tell us that the millennial generation is fleeing from church. As soon as they get out of, their high, out of high school into the university, they are fleeing. And many, many, many of them never coming back. And here's why I think part of that problem is. What part of that problem is. If, if you're in my generation, we're, we're known as the what generation. In other words, mama said to do something and we did it. If you're supposed to go to church, you went to church. This generation doesn't, doesn't operate like that. They're called the why generation. In other words, I'll do it if you tell me why. And here's what I'm afraid. Is we've done really good at, at this, with this generation telling them that they need to go to church, but I'm not sure we've done a great job at telling them. In fact, I'm not. maybe the problem is we haven't shown them why. And I tell you, there's no substitution, there's no program, there's no ministry, there are no lights, there are no smoke and mirrors that can ever substitute with a genuine connection with God. And can I tell you, that's, and that alone will be what wins our community and what wins our generation. You can't fake that. We can, we can fake talent, and we can fake Eloquence. You can't fake anointing. And so what I, what I want for us and what I, I want for our church, what I want for our community is, is for God to genuinely meet with us when we gather here. Now, how does that happen? Well, people used to say we would we'd come to church and we'd wait on God. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I think God's waiting on us. I think God desperately wants to connect with His people. I was so encouraged a couple of Sundays ago. We, we were talking about the gifts of Christmas, talking about the gift of hope. <clears throat> and if you were here, the, these, this area was just full of people just seeking hope that Sunday morning. So here's... What I'm praying for this year for our church is that we genuinely connect with God every time we meet. Is that the power of the Holy Spirit is among us, whether we meet in, the, in Life Kids or, or Riot, or whether we meet in, in a small group prayer meeting, Bible study, life group, growth group, whatever we, that the power and presence of God is genuinely there. In fact, it was, it was one week, I guess, September, and I was, I was praying in my home. Donna was at school, and, and I was just troubled, and I was like, Lord, what is, what is it that, that will distinguish us in the, in the coming year? And, and I really felt like there were three things that the Lord showed me that, that He wanted us, uh, wanted us to become, and and. Things he wanted us to possess. And the first one was a transformational love of God. In other words, we love God so much. We grow to love him with such a sincere heart that it changes who we are. Now, let me, let me ask you that, ask, put that in the form of a question. How many of you have a circumstance or a situation that, that you need to change? That something in your home, something in your relationships, something in your finances, something that needs to change? Do you need it to change bad enough to let God change you? If that, if that were to be the catalyst to change in your circumstance. A transformational love of God. In other words, we, we love Him and we allow Him to change us. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to... That's what that means. That we let God change us and mold us and shape us into His image. 
So that was the first, the transformational love of God. The second was a relentless love for people. Let me tell you what that word relentless means. How many of you, some of you grew up in church, and, and this, this might not resonate with you. But is there anybody here who God had to chase a little bit? Me too. Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? Can we imitate him with people that he puts in our path and love them relentlessly, even if they don't appear lovable? See, it's, if you come hang out at some of the Thrive events, here's what you might, you might feel like. Well, that person's got a nicer car than I do, and we're giving them clothes. It'd be easier to get a sorry attitude about that. Am I right? But how many know God called us to love relentlessly? So a transformational love of God, a relentless love for people, and a complete dependence on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what I'm, what I'm longing for. I'm longing for the power of the Lord to operate in such a way to where it makes, it makes people hard to go to hell in our community. Just, just think about that for a minute. Don't you want to live in a community? Don't you want to go to a church? that depopulates hell. That's, that's what I want in 2017. You want, you know, Dwayne, what do you want? You want a bigger building? You want three services? No, I, I, all that's cool. You know what I really want? I want people to come to Jesus. Yeah. I want you to bring people here that don't know the Lord. And let's tell them about Jesus and let's show them the love of God relentlessly. And let's let the love of God change us and transform us into his image. See, that's what happens when we connect with God. It's a big deal, by the way. See, I, But I, it's not enough to just connect with God. We need to connect with each other. Connect with God, connect with others. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus, this is going to sound like a really obvious statement because he was the son of God. But Jesus was brilliant. And here's what he told us. He said, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Now, now I've seen people try to take that and twist Jesus' words to say, you know, you can't, you can't find God by yourself. That's not what he meant. He's teaching us the importance of community. He's teaching us the importance of of gathering together as followers of Christ regularly. You know why? Because I need you, and you need me, and we need each other, and this journey was never intended to be traveled alone. If you're a Lone Ranger Christian, it's a dangerous place to be. And see, that's one of the things that, that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a techie person, I love technology, but can I tell you, this, that's one of the things that's hurting the church is folks have this idea, well, I don't need to get out of my bed and go to church. I can turn on the internet and I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. And and truth be known, you can do that. And and, and I'm thankful for for those who can't come and and connect to a body that they have the ability to hear great teaching on the internet and and other areas. But can I tell you, if, if, if we're not committed to gathering together just two or three, I think we've lost the idea of how important that is. So we connect with God, we connect with each other, we connect with the church. The church is the body of Christ. I I saw, I have a friend on Facebook that went on this rant. And um, I I keep saying this, and uh, I'm on Facebook less and less and less and less and less. It's starting to just get on my nerves. Anybody else, you feel that way, it's just starting to get on your nerves? I mean, I, I love it as a tool, and it's cool to catch up with people, and it's cool to communicate. But sometimes it just gets in my nerves. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. And he was going on this rant, and, and I'm going to, 
I, I know the Lord's working in my life because I didn't respond because it was about one o'clock this morning. And I, how many know if you respond at one o'clock in the morning when you had any sleep, you're probably not going to say something sweet. <laughs> so I kept my mouth shut about how awful, how he loved God but hated the church. That's like telling my wife, I love you, but I hate your body. Try that one time. Let me know how that works out for you. We need to connect with God. We need to connect with each other. We need to connect with the church. Two or three gather. He's among us. So longing to connect. A longing to connect. That's the first thing. Second thing, a desire to grow. You know what the most dangerous thing in the life of a Christian is? The most dangerous place a Christian can be, regardless of how long you've served the Lord, is comfortable with where you are in your relationship with Christ. Now, I I know pretty much everybody in the room. Y'all are good people. You love God. But if you stay where you're at, if you don't work toward Growing more like Christ. I don't care if you've been serving the Lord 60 years. That, that's backing up. See, if you don't... The, the analogy I always have in my mind is, is, a, is a body of water. If there's not an, an inflow and an outflow, if you're not getting something and giving something, then that's, that's a stagnant pool of water. How many would say that there's been a time in your life when you got stagnant and God allowed you to go through a season that shook you a little bit? Anybody in the room? How much He must love you? Because you know what one step past stagnant is, don't you? Is death. And so, I want to make sure that we have opportunities at LifePoint Church for us all to grow. And by the way, That's me too. If I don't preach to you out of the overflow of my spirit, then guess what I'll get in a very short period of time? I'll get dry and mean. (laughs) I don't want that for me and I don't want that for you. Here's what the Bible says. I want you to point out a couple of words as we read this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way. Say every way. Every way. More and more like Christ. You might want to circle that word, those words, like Christ. Who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together. You might want to circle that word together. Rick Warren has an initiative at his church at Saddleback. And a lot of churches, even some of our community have adopted it. And I I love this idea. It's called better together. Listen, we are better together together you you can try to be a lone ranger if you want to but can i tell you you're better together we as a body are better together we you as an individual are better when you're connected with somebody else so he he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy that's the other word i want you to circle healthy and growing and full of love. There's, there's three things three things he told us to grow. He told us to grow like Christ. See, if, if you have a model in your life, if you have something that you follow, it ought to be Jesus. See, that's my goal in 2017 is to be more like Jesus. You know what? I'd like to be healthier. I'd like to be thinner. I'd like to have more hair. I'd like to have a lot of things. But the greatest goal that I have in, in 2017 is not any of those things. It's to be more like Jesus. Because I'm just going to tell you, can I just be boldly transparent? There are times when I'm not like him. And I don't like that man. I don't want to be that person who displays attitudes and actions that are unchristlike. And so I wonder if there's an area in your life where you could point at and go, you know, when I do that, that's not like Jesus. And and I would challenge you to grow in that area this year. 
See, I know when I'm tired and I'm grumpy, I ain't like Jesus. I'm like Dwayne. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's my wife in traffic. I shouldn't have said that. We grow like Christ. We grow together. And we grow healthy. Um, I, I'm, I don't want you to answer this question. But any, any wrestling fans? Ooh, yeah, that's funny. Well, have you seen the John Cena paper towel commercials? Where he drops the, the little, paper, little thing of paper towels and the little dude, you know, bends down, picks up the hefties, and he's this big John Cena dude? I, I think those things are funny. But can I tell you something? There's an epidemic in the wrestling world. They're performance-enhancing drugs. They, they have to have these big, huge, enormous bodies. Human growth hormone and testosterone. And, and so they're just these, you've seen them. They're just these swollen, you know, massive, dying men. See, just because you're, you look healthy doesn't mean that you're healthy. Here's what I want for LifePoint. I want us to grow You know what healthy growing churches are made up of? Healthy growing people. See, if I want our church to be healthy and growing, then guess what? We have to be healthy and growing. It's a big deal. Had a man challenge me this year to grow. And I'm taking that challenge. And I'm challenging you this year to grow. Identify those areas where God needs to make a change and allow Him to and seek Him and find Him. and Let, Here's, let me just read it this way. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. In view of all this, if you want to find out what the all this are, read the first four chap, uh, verses in that chapter. He's talking about the promises of God. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence. Circle that word. In other words, are there decisions that you're making that you don't need to make anymore? Are there things that you're saying that you don't need to say anymore? Are there things you're letting in your mind that you don't let, need to let in your mind anymore? Are there practices that you're practicing that you don't need to practice anymore? Strive for moral excellence. That's what he's saying. And with moral excellence... Knowledge. I wonder if I were to take a poll, how many of us read our Bible through in 2016? Not going to, but I'm just going to, I must throw this out there. You can't put God's word in you and it not bring it back a harvest. You can't, Scripture says of itself that it will never return forth void. So if you've got stuff in your life that's not matching up, if, if things aren't making sense, if relationships aren't working and finances aren't working and career isn't working, I'm going to challenge you to put more of God's word in your heart and in your mind this year than you did last and watch the change that will happen. With moral excellence, with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. Just, just so I know who I'm talking to, the biggest person you have a problem with on this planet is staring at you in the mirror. Come on, somebody. Me too. Nobody gives me as much trouble as me. And self-control with patient endurance. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do it right now. I tried that one time. You know, what, you know what I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me? I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. How many are you waiting on something from God? Be patient. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God's not working. I need to say that again. 
Just because you don't see it doesn't mean God's not working on your behalf. And patient endurance with godliness. We just, we just talked about that, so I'm not going to beat you up again. But how many times are, are we honestly godly people? Are there, are there times when me gets in the way of my imitation of Christ? Yes. And godliness with brotherly affection, with love for everyone. So just, just so I know, how many have identified at least one area already that God needs to change and work on and you need to grow in, in this area, just from this patch of Scripture? Here, here's what he says happens. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useless. useless. <laughs> we have to cut that out of the MP3. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want a productive life? You want a useful life? You want a significant life? And let God change you. Let God grow you. Let God take you from where you are to where he's called you to be. So long and connect a desire to grow. And I'm just going to say, I want to tell you what, what, what a convicting passage that we just read. With brotherly affection, with love for everyone. Man, I, I saw some stuff this year that, that discouraged me about the body of Christ. You know, this election, it got visceral, didn't it? It was ugly. And it became a us against them. And it, it became a, you know, I'm voting for this person. And if you don't, that means you're dying and going to hell. And, and, and then there were the Trump supporters. Just saying. It's, it, am I right? It, it was like, it, it was just so visceral and violent. And I, and listen, I made it very clear how I was going to vote in, unintentionally back before the election. It was funny because we had a small group that night and Mikey was like, I know you were just trying to be impartial and you didn't want to let anybody know how to vote or how you were voting or how they should vote. I just need you to know you did an awful job at it. <laughs> but in spite of that, here's what I want you to know. My first priority as a citizen of this country is that I'm a citizen of heaven. And before I represent our flag and our constitution, I represent the cross of Christ. And I believe in those things. I'm a patriot. I believe that we need to stand for, for our country and because of, it was founded on godly biblical principles. And oh, by the way, this is just a little sidebar. It, it, we need to quit monkeying around with Israel. Read the Old Testament and see how that worked out for those guys. Let's practice loving everybody. I can disagree with you. I can think that your ideologies are goofy and skewed and misguided. But I got to love you. The Bible says if I claim to love God and don't have love for my brother, I'm a thief and a liar. Let's go on. That wasn't even in my notes. All right. Longing to connect, a desire to grow, and a heart to serve. So if you haven't figured it out, those, are going, those three words are going to be what guides us this year. Connect, grow, serve. And our children's ministries, they have three mandates. To connect, grow, to serve. Our youth ministries have three mandates. To connect, grow, and serve. Our life groups to connect, grow, and serve. Are you getting the... Here's, here's the passage I want you to read. First Peter chapter 4. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We read that back during our campaign a few weeks ago. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself were speaking through you. 
You have the gift of helping others. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to you and to Pastor Dwayne and to LifePoint Church. It's not what it says, is it? Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. So here's the way serve should manifest in us. We should have a a heart to serve the world and our community. And and I'm just going to throw this out there again. If you've never participated in a Thrive event, you need to. You need to come and you need to watch what what happens through a, a, a church our size reaching out to this community. There are people three days ahead of time. Now, you, you think it doesn't matter. Three days ahead of time, our phone rings more than it rings any other time because people are calling and say, what time can I be there? What, are, is, it, is it okay if I, I came last time? Can I come this time? I mean, asking all sorts of questions. What do I need to bring with me? The phone rings more during the three days ahead of the Thrive events than it does any other time of the month because people are dying and needing this stuff. So we're going to serve the world. We're going to serve our community. And by the way, I, this year, and I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but help me pray that it doesn't stop with Thrive, that we find creative ways to serve our community and the schools around us and the people around us. Amen? We serve the church. We serve, excuse me, we serve the world. We serve the community. We serve our church. Hey, if, if, if you're not doing anything, let me see if I can find a real theological, ecclesiastical way to say, say this. If you're not doing something, you need to do something. How was that? Is that, yes. is that clear? Is that pretty good? We serve the world. We serve the community. We serve the church. And we serve by sharing. What am, what am I sharing, Dwayne? Well, I hope you're sharing your faith. I hope you're sharing what, what God's teaching you with somebody that's not coming. I hope you're inviting people to church. I hope that you're inviting people to come experience what you're experiencing. I hope that you're inviting, I hope that you're sharing your time and your talent and your treasure. And, and here's, here's what I'm going to need you to do. If you don't have a heart to serve, remember we, th- we talked about a transformational love of God. Love God enough to let Him change your heart. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Uh, Mike, if you get a couple of the guys, maybe Rusty help you, I want you to pass out those three to thrive cards. Because I'm going I'm to give you a way, and this is the second year we've done this, we've changed them a little bit. We'll give you a way to take some of the things that we've talked about and, and make practical application with them. Behind me, you're going to see three to thrive. And I'm, I want everybody to take one of these home. And what I want you to do is I want you to find a place to put that. Put it on your refrigerator, put it on your makeup mirror, put it in your car. I don't care. Put it in your journal. Because I want you to look at this on a regular basis. So we're going to give you three things that will help you thrive. Did you like that song? We are made for so much more than just survive. We are made to thrive. How many want to thrive in your walk with Christ? I'm going to give you three things to do. And, and oddly enough, guess what three words they wrap around? Connect. And I, I, want, I want you to do that again without me saying it so I know that you're getting this. What are the three words? Okay. So those three words, three to thrive. Number one, connect. I need you to be here. The, the goal I gave you was three services a month. Three Sunday morning services a month. And oh, by the way, if you do that, you're way ahead of what the national averages are. If you get here three Sundays a month, you're way ahead of what the national averages are. Now, some of y'all are old enough to remember what it was like when I was growing up in church. You were there Sunday school, Sunday morning, choir practice Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Shoney's after Sunday night church. Come on, somebody. Monday night visitation, Tuesday night Bible study, Wednesday night family training hour. How many of you family training hour? What else? Saturday night youth group. We had our youth group met on Saturday nights. It's a big deal. You need to be here. Hebrews says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. 
It's a big deal. And you're like, going away, you fussing us. We're here on New Year's Day. Help, will you help me spread the word? Will you help me, you know, be intentional about if, you, if somebody that you normally sit with isn't around, that you get on the phone and encourage them to be there? It, it, let, me, let me tell you why you need to do it. Because we do it. Kathy comes in here on Mondays, and, and we, we try real hard to figure out who was here and who wasn't. But I'm going to tell you, if I do it, I'm supposed to do it. It, it means something. If, if somebody gets an email from me or a text message, I missed you from me, it means a whole, or even Donna, it means a whole lot more if it comes from you. Man, did y'all not like that? Because I, I just got an icy cold stare from everybody in the room. It means a whole lot more when it comes from you. So that's the first thing. Attend church services at least three times a month. Join or start a life group this year. I'm going to tell you something. We have an, a, a great life group that meets at my house. It is the world's largest small group. Now, there are times when there's just a handful of us, six or eight. But there are times when everybody decides to show up, and it's... I get, I get nasty letters from my homeowners association. That's not true. There's a lot of people there. If, if you, maybe you're like, Dwayne, I don't want to ride all the way out to your house. Well, start one at yours. Start one at yours. Joey, you're always at ours. The, the Snowcaps have a great group. I'm going to tell you something. One of the most, spiritual, most spiritually significant things that happened to me this year happened at the Snowcaps Christmas party. It's important. It's a big deal. We need to do life together. Ten church services three times a month. Join or start a life group. By the way, if that's something you're interested in doing, wanting to start a group, it's, it's very, very simple. Just, you, you just call me here at the church and, and we'll walk you through the process. It's, it's pretty much, you just have to tell us what you want to call it, where you want to meet, so we can put it on the website. <clears throat> so that's for Connect. For Grow, here's your challenge. Spend at least 30 minutes alone with God three days a week. 30 minutes alone with God three days a week. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to throw your hands up in the air. Um, I, I've been in ministry since 1992. I've read, I, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible through. I've, I, I've read, I can't count the number of books and other resources I put into my mind. If I don't, if, if that's not at least a minimum for me, I'll dry and die. I'm telling you that that's, you, you, you got to do that. Yeah. And, and by the way, that, that, that really ought to be a minimum. You, you ought to make it a daily habit. But if, if nothing else, and you say, Dwayne, I, I don't have time to spend 90 minutes a week with God. Listen to my heart here. I'm not, I'm not beating you up. I'm telling you, that if you can't squeeze God in 90 minutes outside of this building, then something in your calendar's got to go. And I'm telling you that with all the love and compassion I can muster. If you, if you're, if you have that little margin in your life, um, something's got to go. And then attend a growth group at least three times a month. We give you two opportunities each week for a growth group as far as the adults are concerned. Sunday morning at 10, Wednesday night at 7. I'm telling you to at least three of those a month. Now, I've had people come to me and say, we, we don't want to get here at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's when we come on Wednesday night. Guess what? Okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to beat you up and say, you know, you got to walk in here every time the doors open, even though I wish you would. I'm just saying, I, I, I get it. Find a way to get here Three times a month, an hour early, or, or on Wednesday nights. Grow. And then serve. Volunteer at LifePoint at least three times a quarter. That's once a month. That's how we try to set up like the, the, um, the cherub class. We try to make sure that those guys aren't in there more than once a month. Sometimes we're successful at it, sometimes we're not. When we schedule you guys for the nursery, you're not there anywhere, what, two or three times a year? 
Is that how that works? I don't know. But it's not often. Um, find a place to serve. And if you, if you have a heart to serve and, and you don't see that there's something available, I promise you there is. You just don't... You're just not seeing it. I promise you there's a place for you to serve. I promise you there's a place for you to serve. So volunteer at least once a quarter. Oh, excuse me, three times a quarter, once a month. And here's your challenge. Bring at least three people to church this year. Three people to church this year. How many like to see our church double in 2017? All right, I'm... before you put your hand down, how many like to see our church double in 2017? All right. Here's the t- statistic. If you bring five people to church in 2017, statistics tell us that one will stay and plug in. So if you bring five people to church this year, if everybody does it, then our church doubles. So I'm going to challenge you with three. Bring three people... Pray now about who God would have you bring to church this coming year. Because I promise you they're out there. Um, the, the biggest day of our year is Easter Sunday. Maybe you should pray now about who God would have you bring with you Easter Sunday morning. I'll, I'll just throw this statistic at you. They tell us that 82% of people who are invited to an Easter service by a friend respond with yes. So there's that. All right. So take that card home, put it up somewhere, and every so often, just, just look at it and, and say, am, am, am I plugging in the way I need to plug in? Now I'd like to talk to you about what's going to happen the rest of this month. Um, because here's what I'm convinced of, and I bet Kathy Max gives me an Amen. I told you that I'm a student of church culture. I'm a student of church metrics. I go once a month to a church significantly larger than ours. And I learn their systems and I learn how they do things. Not necessarily so we can do it, but maybe so I can glean something that, that we might could do a little better. How many, how many know that we all need to get better? I, I can't expect Mikey to be a better youth pastor and I can't expect... Sean to be a better uh, children's pastor and I can't expect Matthew to be a better associate pastor unless I'm working to be a better pastor. So I'm working to be a better pastor. None of those systems, none of that stuff means anything if we don't do what we're getting ready to do this month. So our initiative starting next Sunday is called Pray First. It'll be up on the screen. Pray First. Pray First. We're going to spend four weeks, and we're going to deal with the power, the process, the purpose of prayer. I, just, I think I just wrote a sermon series. Make sure that's still recording, because I'm going to need that tomorrow. Now, you may notice, I, I, didn't, I didn't talk a lot about a fast this year, and that was quite intentional. Because here's what I've noticed. When you do something every year, it becomes very mechanical. I'm not telling you not to fast at the beginning of the year. I think you should. I think you should search your heart, ask the Lord, and and fast something. The funniest thing I'll ever remember, the first time we did this, was Kathy Maxey fasting eBay. (laughs) And she almost didn't make it through 21 days, too. Hey, listen to me. Do you love me? Some of you need to fast social media. You might find your 90 minutes to spend with God if you get off of Facebook. Oh! So I'm going to challenge you. Um, if, if some of we've done the Daniel fast before, maybe, maybe just... Instead of calling it a fast, here's what I'd like you to do. During these, to the end of this month, find special time to get away and pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for leadership. Pray that this coming year is the most fruitful year this church has ever seen. Here's what, I, here's what my heart's cry is, is that we see more people come to Christ this year than we have in all of our other years combined. 
Well, Dwayne, that's asking a lot. Well, we serve a pretty big God, don't we? And that's what I'm, would you agree with me that we could see more people come to Christ this year than we had our other, our other years combined? Wouldn't that be an awesome testimony? Yes. So we're going to spend the next, uh, the rest of the month, the, the series starts on January the 8th and goes through the 29th. Um, and here's what I'm just going to ask you, to, you know, just a handful of us here today because of the holiday. But it, do, you, do you even understand how powerful the agreement of just those that are in this room could be? So I'm going to challenge you to even starting tomorrow, find a, find a time to set aside every day. If it's five minutes, if it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to put those kind of restrictions on you. To pray for your church, pray for your pastor, pray for our leadership, to pray for our ministries, to pray for our finances, to pray for us, to just pray for your church. Um, I'm, I'm not going to send those little emails out every day. Uh, I may send one a week. And d- just as an encouragement to every day this week, talk to the Lord on behalf. Pray first. How, could, could you say with me that you'd have saved yourself a lot of trouble in your life if you'd have just prayed first? Come on, somebody. Me too. All right, Don's going to come um, and, and play softly for us. We're going to start this new year uh, with communion. Our ushers are going to begin to serve you. And maybe you're here and you've never participated in the Lord's Supper. You've never participated in communion before. I, I just, I just want to pause here a minute and, and explain to you why we do this. This is not a religious ritual. This is not something we do just to do. It's something we do because, first of all, the Lord commanded us to do it. It's a way that we remember the blood of Jesus that was shed and His body that was broken. It's a way that you and I can remember the price that was paid for us on Calvary's cross. There's some, there's some denominations that teach that some, some unique things happen when you take Holy Communion. Some teach that the cracker becomes flesh, that the wine or the juice becomes blood. That's not what we teach. The juice is juice. The cracker's cracker. But here's what we believe it represents. We believe that the bread represents the broken body of Jesus. We believe that this bread represents the body that He came to earth in. We celebrated His birth. But how many know that Jesus' coming was more than a baby in a manger? He lived and He, and he died. And that's what, we, that's what the cracker represents. And so when we eat the cracker, we remember the broken body of Jesus. And when we drink of the cup, we remember the blood that was shed for us. See, here's what we, what we understand is that Scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So without Jesus shedding His blood for us, then our sins remain unpaid for. I want you to imagine just for a moment having to stand before God in judgment without your sins being washed away. Can I tell you that that's not a place I want to be? So today we give thanks for the broken body of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. Everyone served. Scripture says these words, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. 
On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks. He gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. To take and eat. Father, we're thankful for the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the gift He gave us 2,000 years ago when He shed and His blood and His body was broken for us. Thank You that because of the broken body of Christ, we can walk in health and wholeness. In the same way, He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with My blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. You drink the cup. Father, we now thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you for his blood that washes away our sin. We thank you that we can stand in your presence spotless and blameless, not because of any good work that we've done, but because of the shed blood of Christ. Thank you for forgiveness. And God, I pray for these people. God, I pray that this year, God, that they would walk in grace and mercy. They'd walk in favor and blessing. And that God, that this year, we would grow more like your son, Jesus. God, you'd use us to be an extension of your love to this community, to our families, to this world. God, I pray for their families. Some, some are, are, are in this building with broken families. And I understand that, God. And I know that only you can heal and only you can deliver. Only you can cleanse. God, some here are struggling financially. And God, we believe that you are the great provision. And God, some are here struggling physically. And we believe you to be the great physician. So God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your body. We love you, Jesus.